0: Hey, it's Kelly from ZinniMe. Before we start this next episode, I have a quick question for you. How do you feel about being subpoenaed in your private practice? If you have any fear, sense of dread, or worry, you are not alone. Please join us for our upcoming training with Nicole Stoller-Peterson on Mastering Your Subpoena Process in Private Practice. It's going to be an amazing training to help build your confidence, to help you serve your clients better, and to take out the guesswork when it comes to being subpoenaed in your private practice. All you need to do is go to zinimi.com and check out the training there. You will also get a recording if you sign up. We can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Starting a Counseling Practice. This is Kelly Higdon, and today I'm joined with Karen Carlson, a psychologist in Cape Cod, who is here to share her story to inspire you. Um, I am really thrilled to introduce you to her. I've walked alongside her through different parts of her journey in private practice, and her story is sure to encourage you. So, welcome, Karen.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Kelly.
0: Really excited mm-hmm. to talk today about your journey because some of it I identify with, um, and um, I think we'll we'll dig in a little bit. So, your practice is in Cape Cod. What do you specialize
1: in? So, I'm a I'm a child and family clinical psychologist. I've been uh, in the field for a long time, Mm -hmm. 30 something years. And, uh, right now I'm specializing primarily in parent consultation and parent coaching and, uh, counseling, uh, women with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, many of my clients also have parenting issues that they are struggling with. Mm Uh, and I'm doing also some psychological evaluations for a school district. That's in my awesome. area.
0: Wow.
1: So yeah. why private
0: practice? And when did you decide to take that leap? What did that all look like?
1: Well, it was something that was, uh, that, uh, I may not have ever chosen. I uh, was working in the public sector, loving the work that I was doing. And, uh, uh, I liked the predictability of it. I liked the regular paycheck and all of that. And, uh, I still had a child going through college. But in 2017, I developed a chronic illness that really made it not possible for me to do a nine to five uh, job under fluorescent lighting and not being able to to control my schedule. So that was a really dark moment uh, when I realized I couldn't do what uh, I had planned to do until retirement and uh, spent two, almost two full years on disability. And during that time, I was realizing that I thought that I still had a lot to give Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to to be 60 years old and on disability and heading into retirement. So I sort of realized um, kicking and screaming that private practice was probably the way to do that. What made you kick and scream about it? (laughs) Oh, Kelly, I was so fearful of going into private practice. I am not uh, entrepreneurial in in a lot of ways. I'm not, uh, I had considered private practice on and off and had said, "Uh, I think that's a lot of work and it's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was worried about not getting a regular paycheck And because of my illness, I think I, I, uh, becoming unable to do my work, I had a real crisis of self-confidence. And when you're doing a private practice, you're putting yourself out there. And that was very scary for me. I was very fearful. If you look back at my first loom recording, you'll see it. I can see the fear in my eyes. So I was worried about, um, I, I, didn't know if I had it in me to be a, a business person. Mm.
0: Uh-huh. When you say loom recording, for those that don't know, in boot camp we have we encourage our members to record themselves at the beginning of the process, so that way they can reflect and see the changes. Sometimes it's just even physical, like you said, like yeah. looking at your face, you could see the fear. Because I don't see fear today. Looking no, at you. no,
1: not at all. No. What
0: What do you think? helped you maybe walk along? I know the fear didn't go away immediately. Let's just talk Mm -hmm. about that. It doesn't just disappear. (laughs) And it does come back every so often with different levels of growth, but it 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 helps you walk alongside it better.
1: Well, uh, it it is a relationship that you always have with a little bit of fear. Mm -hmm. But I think that I, for me, giving it all over to my higher power um, has a lot to do with it, mm-hmm. and I think that the me process, the boot camp process, is so takes you through it so carefully, step by step, that if you get stuck in one place, you can you can always go back. And so um, that's how I manage that fear. What do I? What do I need to learn again? What What, what haven't I learned that I? that I need to learn and sort of just meeting it with, um, okay, what actions do I need to take? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, really, the universe has really taken care of me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So sort of giving, just giving it over, trusting the process, so much support from you and Miranda, but also from my boot camp buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been I've met with my boot camp buddy every single week for over a year. That's awesome, and yeah. I think that reaching out to colleagues doing the same thing is super soothing. Ooh. Yeah. At first, at first, I'm not going to lie, it was anxiety provoking <laughs> yes. to hear what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a six figure a month, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, and it made me sometimes I couldn't listen to other people's stories. Uh, yeah, because it made because it, you know, but there's something in your man manifesto that says, I don't compete, I stand out. Mm-hmm. So and I, uh, that's another thing I go back to when mm-hmm. I'm getting anxious about is enough money coming in? It, mm-hmm. am, am I doing the right thing? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I go back to that. How, what is my unique contribution? I remember too, when we first
0: talked about it, cause I feel like we had a phone call. Am I correct? We did, yes. yeah. But, and I think there was a discussion too about when you have chronic illness, the unpredictability of it right, um, makes it hard to plan too far ahead. Mm-hmm. And and I know there is, especially when you're on disability for that chronic illness, there's this fear of if I let that go, what if I have a relapse or I have, you mm-hmm. know, a worsening of a symptom or something like that. And yeah. so one of the things we talked about was, okay, let's figure out the math of just doing enough for you to get your feet wet, but not kill off the disability completely. Cause that was a big, right. That was the big fear of, when I don't trust my body, I don't know what it's going to do from day to day. Right. Um, What kinds of encouragement? I mean, am I recalling that correctly? First of all? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I feel like that was one of the ways to help you get kind of started. Um, Mm -hmm. What other things help when it comes to the chronic illness piece? Because I'm finding uh, maybe, maybe it's just, an increase in chronic illness across the board for our population, but a lot mm-hmm. of therapists have chronic illnesses and mm-hmm. I do as well. Um, and autoimmune stuff, you know, for me is, it is very unpredictable. And so it's like, how do you manage all that? What do you have to say to people who are struggling with that? And maybe doing private practice or thinking about it, but also like, how do I move forward with, with this un predictable.
1: Yeah. Well, and you and I went back and forth a little bit on that Mm -hmm. when we were trying to figure out how many hours Mm -hmm. should I be doing clinical work? How many, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we talked about pacing. And I think that, uh, if you have a chronic illness, you, you have to really understand that skill of pacing, knowing what your, uh, when is the best time to see clients, when is the best time to do accounting? When is, you know, the best time Uh, you have to make room for it. And I've done that by having a completely clear schedule on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And that is the day that I do doctor's appointments. And Mm -hmm. when I'm not doing doctor's appointments, I am resting and doing extra self care. Mm -hmm. If I have a severe migraine, my issue is migraine. Mm -hmm. If I have a severe migraine and really feel like I can't serve the client, then I can move my uh, appointment to Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that I have that, uh, it's Thursday, Mm -hmm. just knowing that I have that and it's, it's, it's absolutely off limits for, uh, regular appointments. Mm-hmm. and uh that might have even been your idea kelly so um, <laughs> that's how i've managed know, so, right it's,
0: it's helpful mm-hmm. to have at least one full day off so that um yeah that's when my doctor's appointments are and all that and
1: where i can flex
0: things around if i need to yeah
1: mm-hmm. and then just being sort of um sort of really uh, uh faithful to the practices that help to reduce chronic pain. So yoga, meditation, uh, walking, uh, these are things that are essential for me. They're not, um, they're they're not luxuries, they're they're Mm -hmm. necessities. And I treat them like medication. And Mm -hmm. I know that if I don't do those things daily, I can't uh, be of service. And that's what it's really all about Mm. is, is being your best you. Mm -hmm. And because I've done it this way, I've only had in the past year, I've probably only had three or four days where I had to cancel clients. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I think
0: too, how did you learn your pace? For me, it's kind of, I think of it like bowling with bumpers, you know, like, You're going for the easy shot, but every so often it hits the edge and you're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go that way. How, what was that discovering your pace like? How did that happen?
1: Well, I think it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's something that you figure Mm -hmm. out once and then, and then you're done with it. But um, I experimented with what are the best times to see clients. Mm -hmm. I figured out that early morning is best for me. So mm-hmm. I do an eight o'clock, and nine o'clock, sometimes a seven o'clock. And uh, I've also done things like, it's only recently that I've learned late afternoons are not a good time for anything. Mm-hmm. So I end my day at 4.30 mm-hmm. and that was really hard for me. I was used to working till six or seven or or something. So it's, tr- it's a little bit of trial and error and it's a lot. Listening to your body.
0: Yes, you, you have cannot be. be dissociated. And you know what I mean? No. That's how we yeah. create relapses.
1: Yeah. You have
0: so to really into.
1: I can usually tell within the first half hour of my day mm-hmm. what it's going to look like. Um, I'm affected by weather. Mm-hmm. I'm affected by poor sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, if I had a migraine like yesterday I had a pretty bad migraine. So today it's a day to sort of take it a little bit easy Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and do less, Mm -hmm. uh, do, do the essentials. I saw two clients this morning and that that's about it for today. And, and just so, uh, good planning, really having goals and objectives, having, um, having that parked somewhere, like on a Trello board or, Or something Mm -hmm. so that when I'm able to work I know exactly what I need to do but I also I was having trouble with the time management uh piece of this because I have less time to work than a lot of other people do so I actually ended up hiring a a a coach uh who focuses on things like time management
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: um and I did three months of meeting with her weekly, and that helped a huge amount
0: mm-hmm. because
1: my illness sort of challenges my focus and concentration and organization. Mm-hmm. So I just needed that one-on-one, some one-on-one support, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and that's been really helpful. So that when I do have to back off, I'm not anxious because. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what to pick up on the days that I'm feeling great Mm
0: -hmm. on the days that I'm
1: feeling good. Now, I know you do testing and you do coaching Mm -hmm.
0: now that was not quite yet formed when you first started your practice. It was going to be more uh, therapy based from what I remember Mm -hmm. and some testing What. Mm -hmm. does the variety of type of service have anything to do with also the chronic illness piece and managing your pacing? Um, or where does this whole niche and service development come from for you?
1: Well, I, I've had a career-long interest in parenting. Mm-hmm. I really thought that I was going to focus my practice on autism yes, uh, because that's a specialty that I have and I wanted to work with parents. Doing consulting, do uh, doing therapy, um, uh, consulting for their school programs, and maybe even just seeing a youth on the spectrum mm-hmm. in therapy. And I found out along the way that that piece requires some networking and marketing that I haven't even quite gotten to yet. I haven't I I, I haven't developed it because of the amount of time it's taking, the universe just started bringing me uh, parents who needed help, mm-hmm. uh, especially women,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, but some couples. And uh, because I, I, I've started out with taking insurance, so mm-hmm. that brings you kind of a variety
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: beginning. Mm-hmm. I found out that I really, especially because of teletherapy, I figured out recently, I don't want to see kids. Mm-hmm. It's not my strength. And, uh, and it was draining my energy. Every time I felt like I, uh, uh, I was preparing to see a child, mm-hmm. I realized it wasn't my strength.
0: Mm-hmm. So I stopped,
1: so I, I stopped doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, the universe keeps bringing me parents, not necessarily parents of children with autism, but mm-hmm um a variety of issues. So now next time we have boot camp, I'm gonna start, you know, kind of retooling in a more intentional, intentional way. But um the parent coaching is really, I think, my biggest strength. I've been, I've raised three children. Mm-hmm. I've I've worked so much with families uh, in a consulting role over the years. And uh a psychological testing is really a consultation practice in a lot of ways. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So that's how that's kind of evolved. Uh, Insurance kept sending me these women who were depressed, anxious. uh, They had sort of lost themselves in the process of parenting. And I never thought I was going to see adults clinically, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, that's how, that's how it's evolved. And I think again, being open to whatever the universe brings your way mm-hmm. is is really an important intention that you set. Mm-hmm. And sort of, I, I I I feel like I'm pivoting already, and I've only been in practice for a year. Yeah,
0: I yeah, it's you you set your intention and you hold it loosely,
1: you know, because yes.
0: I think one of the things we yeah we had talked about in that uh, autism space was what it was going to take in order to get connected because that mm-hmm. isn't where your connections were at the time or whatever. Okay. And so we wanted to start with you know, the low hanging fruit, the easier mm. kind of stuff. You do marketing, you have a website, you've, mm-hmm. <laughs> you've built some relationships. It's not, it's not that you're not doing anything. There is work that is put into it, but we're right. looking for that, the stuff that's easier. Um, mm-hmm. And then instead of going full for a whole new thing and a whole new push mm-hmm. until you have that, that's a whole pacing thing, I think again, too.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I, uh, I think if you think about doing something and it drains your energy just to think about it, it might, uh, it might not be the right path to take. So when I talked about intention, I mean, the intention of being open. Um, to discovering uh, uh, something new. So, you know, I think that that's uh, uh, what you said, have the intention, but said it loosely, but just, um, just be open. Mm-hmm. I, I look back, back on the, the past year, and I can't believe what I'm doing compared to what I thought I'd be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really thought I wasn't going to do evaluations. I, I was feeling like, I've done a lot of that. Maybe that's too much work. And then a school district called me this spring and said, we are desperate because of the pandemic. We're behind on our evaluations. And I felt like another thing the universe put in my path that that I just needed to respond to that and uh, found out in those two and a half months that I worked with that school district that I love it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't drain my energy, and it's mm-hmm. an old love that sort of come back. And I realized this is uh, this is important to me, and this this is a strength. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to continue to work with that school district a little bit. Yeah, and uh, it satisfies my need to interact with people. Mm-hmm. It's it's my favorite way of interacting with kids, mm-hmm. and uh, and it really. Um, it was a lot of work, but it, I feel like it boosted my energy instead of draining it. And I think that's the important thing. Yes. What's dra- What uh, do you think about doing that just makes you want to take a nap, just thinking about it? <laughs> and, uh, and, and what are, what is your, what is your, what you've said, what is your genius? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that you really are good at? And for me, I had to because I had done so many things in my career, I was going to say
0: this is a unique. This is a little different mm-hmm. of starting a business later after a lot yeah. of experience. Like, how do you land? When, right. You do. You have a
1: lot of experience. Right. Right. But but I'm new to private practice, mm-hmm. and it it was a whole uh, it was a whole uh, new challenge that I'm still learning about. And mm-hmm. again, peer supervision. My boot camp buddy is so helpful because uh, she's not new to private practice, but I am. And mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, back when I was working in the public sector and people said to me, you should go into private practice, that made me exhausted to think about. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm over that hurdle now and I'm loving the freedom. I'm loving the ability to do the work the way I want to do it Mm -hmm. Um, and that was something I really didn't have working in the in the public sector I didn't have that freedom to Mm -hmm. to say how do I really want to work
0: now I know know you mentioned insurance and a lot of Mm -hmm. people think that it we're anti-insurance but we're really pro what works for you how did you I feel like the choice of insurance how did you land there
1: well, I had already t- taken those steps before I met you guys. And, uh, and I was already in the process mm-hmm. and I was learning about the pros and cons of insurance mm-hmm. through the Me process. And, uh, and um, I felt like I was, uh, and, then, and then clients started calling through insurance. Mm-hmm. And I decided that it was more important to me to get started
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: on doing work. And because of my anxiety around it, to actually start working, um, all doing all the marketing to do the work to end up in a private pay practice mm-hmm. um, was was creating a lot of anxiety. Yes. So I decided to to go with it and and I did I, I do work with insurances that that pay fairly well yes. and, and quickly. And a, a a colleague of mine said she does insurance because she feels like people that don't have the means to pay for private to private pay for mental health services, they deserve high quality yes. uh, care. Yeah. And that really sort of stuck with me. And uh, due to the limited amount of time I really can work, my goal is to gradually uh, go off of insurance just because I have to, I'm going to have to see, I'm still building, but I'm going to have to see a lot of clients to get to the income that I want. And that sounds selfish in a way, but um, it's an energy. It's really an energy issue. Well, so, I don't
0: know um, if it's selfish, but I, I do mm-hmm. think it highlights privilege in our in our um, community that mm-hmm. some people do have the option to be on insurance panels because mm-hmm. they can work more or they like to work more or, you know, they have other privileges than someone who maybe has limited time because of their health or a family situation Mm -hmm. and they don't have the option to absorb that um that arm into their practice and also as a psychologist your reimbursement rates are a lot different
1: well i think i think that 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 is the Mm -hmm. case as well and uh um, you know, I, I got a lot of good, um, not to plug anybody, but I'm going to plug somebody. Barbara, Barbara <laughs> Griswold. Griswold.
0: We love her. <laughs> is
1: Yeah, I, I love her too. And she's really helpful in helping you have the right mindset about insurance mm-hmm. and uh, goes into a lot of detail around that, as do, do, do you guys. I sort of feel like I will always... Have some yeah. insurance clients, but now it's time to um, uh, change that a little bit. Yeah, it's doing um, what
0: works for you that allows you to see the amount of clients you can see and do it well. Yeah. And if for any of you out there who are like, you know, I only have ten hours that I could do clinical work, and insurance doesn't reimburse at a rate that would make it even worth doing business, or I need to do cash. There's tons of other ways to give back. Mm-hmm. There's tons of other ways to create quality mental health information in the world <clears throat> for people and to support people. And even the types of services we do group, group therapy and, um, education classes and all sorts of things. There's right. lots of ways, um, because I do feel like giving back is important and you're right. I feel like everyone should have equity, like there should be be accessibility for mental health, quality mental health services for all.
1: So right. at the same time, I do r- really get that it has to be a healthy decision for you.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, that, that's, uh, um, that's, uh, I do have more options, I think as a PhD psychologist uh, and that, that is a position of privilege. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you talk so much about all the different ways that you can, Mm-hmm. sort of that you can give back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, so, so exp- sort of, uh, reaching, a private pay clients is something that I was afraid to do because I was so afraid of marketing. Mm-hmm. And now a year later, I'm so much more confident that in the next part of this year, uh, Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more on that marketing and, and getting the word out, but also sharing what I know through blogging Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: uh, which is free to the public and, uh, and, and uh, being, having more flexibility to do those things, seeing fewer clients, but being able to do um, get out what, what I know And I think
0: that's just sort of like your niche, right? You start out with this one idea and it's kind of morphed and that's Mm -hmm. how practice is. You start out with a model and it morphs over time as your needs change, as your client's needs change, as your desires and uh, what gives you joy changes, you flex around that as you, it's all learning and responding and having compassion for yourself to give your life, the business that it needs.
1: And and in the beginning, I didn't know what it was I was marketing yeah. or mm-hmm. sharing. And uh, I'm going to plug your program again because <laughs> yes. um, there's so there's so many writing activities that you um, assign mm-hmm. um, that help you to explore this issue of what uh, what do I do best? What is it I want to put out there in the world? And It's very important if you're going through the program to really do those exercises, because that's how I got started and even thinking about that's how I got the idea about autism, because I felt like that that's something I know about professionally and personally having a a child with autism. So that's, you know, that's where I started. But uh, I can't believe that I'm doing what I'm doing now. And I'm just loving it. It doesn't feel like work. And, um, yeah. So what kinds
0: of parting words do you want to leave our listeners today who are (laughs) in private practice or thinking about starting private practice? What kind of encouragement do you have that to give from your story?
1: I think the, the, the most important part of the work is really determining who you are mm. and what your what your genius is. Uh, what do you want to? It starts with the boot camp manifesto. What do you uh, uniquely contribute to the field? And uh, you need to take time to explore that. And uh, and so I think uh, the whole thing about I don't compete. I don't stand out. Don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Uh, Make your own health, whether you have a chronic illness or not, make your health your number one priority. And and if you build your business around that right away, you're going to be more effective. Yes. So, and just be good to yourself. Just be Mm -hmm. kind to yourself. Just think kind, positive Thoughts and reach out to people who are doing it, and uh, and be part of the conversation.
0: I love that, Karen. Yeah. You have such wisdom. I am just so happy for you and <clears throat> what what you've come through to to get here. It inspires me, and um, Thank I look you, forward Kelly. for what's to come as we next year or this year start looking at
1: the panels and making even more shifts, it's gonna be right, good. Right, and thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the work that you do because I wouldn't have gotten here without that help. And uh, you guys are wonderful. You're doing such important work.
0: Thank you, and, um
1: So thank you back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you guys, thank you for joining us. As you can see, Karen is an amazing psychologist with a beautiful story. Karen, how can they find you? What's your website?
1: Um, it's uh, kpcarlsonphd.com. All right. K is in K is in can, kangaroo.
0: There you go. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. Just a reminder, if you want some support in your private practice, we have an upcoming free training on creating a subpoena process. So check it out at ZinniMe.com and we'll see you next time.